Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, June 29th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Facebook scored a big victory against regulators, investors reassess their faith in the reflation trade, and Binance customers are feeling the crunch after the UK's crackdown on the cryptocurrency exchange. Plus, our Berlin bureau chief spoke to the man seen as most likely to succeed Angela Merkel. We'll see how voters feel about Armin Laschet. He is the continuity candidate, and that could be slightly problematic because polls show that a lot of people really want change now. I'm Mark Filipino. Here's the news you need to start your day. A U.S. judge yesterday dismissed two antitrust lawsuits against Facebook. One of the lawsuits was brought by the Federal Trade Commission, which accused Facebook of buying up other social media sites like WhatsApp and Instagram and killing the competition in the process. The judge ruled that the FTC didn't have enough facts to establish that Facebook has monopoly power over the market. The judge also dismissed a lawsuit brought by 46 states, saying that the alleged violations were too old. Facebook said in a statement, we are pleased that today's decisions recognize the defects in the government complaints filed against Facebook. The news sent Facebook shares higher yesterday, pushing its market value to more than a trillion dollars. But it may not be the last that Facebook hears from U.S. regulators. The FTC still has 30 days to file a new complaint. And across the Atlantic, the social media giant still faces investigations by U.K. and E.U. regulators. Binance customers have been unable to withdraw and deposit British pounds using one of the UK's main payment systems. The cryptocurrency exchange yesterday said the ability to take sterling in and out of customers' accounts had been suspended for maintenance. This came a few days after UK regulators banned Binance from operating in Britain. Binance declined to immediately comment on the notice. Binance's website says customers can move money using bank cards, But not being able to use the payment system called Faster Payments is a big curb on British customers' ability to pull money from the exchange directly into their bank accounts. Faster Payments could not be reached for comment. Investors in the reflation trade are reassessing what to do next. They were caught off guard earlier this month when the Federal Reserve projected it might raise interest rates earlier than it previously forecast. Some hedge funds have bet big on the reflation trade, profiting when the price of certain U.S. government bonds falls. Here's the FT's U.S. economics editor, Colby Smith. She says things have calmed down a bit. And that's because, you know, top Fed officials were coming out and really trying to assure investors that, um, you know, they weren't really at the start of a major policy pivot. And that was really helpful, I think, for investors who were banking on this reflation trade, because it meant that some of the inflationary pressures that they were um, hoping to see in order to see their trade really profit uh, were going to remain in place to a certain extent. So the market really did overreact, I think, post-Fed, but a lot of that has been unwound, at least in the, in the near term. So Colby, you've seen some data on some pretty big name hedge funds that have been affected. What exactly did you find? Yeah, so we're looking into some of the the performance figures for Caxton Associates and, and Rocos Capital, Revan Howard as well. I mean, all of these funds um, did uh, suffer a drop 
after the Fed meeting and with some of the gyrations that we've recently have seen. I think the big question on everyone's mind is how exactly to think about inflation and the growth outlook going forward if we have the Fed somewhat more open to pivoting policy perhaps earlier than people did expect. The reflation trade really rests on this assumption that longer dated treasuries are going to sell off at a faster pace than their short dated counterparts. So things like the 10-year treasury and 30-year treasury are going to suffer disproportionately, let's say, to the two-year. And that really is essentially a bet Um, that inflation is perhaps going to be a bit more elevated than people imagined. Inflation is really a a worrisome development for uh, fixed income investors in particular because, you know, it er erodes the value of those fixed payments over over a long period of time. And I think what's happening here is people are just trying to assess that if the Fed is going to be a little quicker to react, let's say, to higher inflation or is going to tighten policy sooner than many people expect, maybe we won't get that inflationary overshoot that a lot of investors were banking on since the start of the year. Colby Smith is the FT's U.S. economics editor. Angela Merkel has led Europe's economic powerhouse for the past 16 years. This autumn, German voters will elect a new chancellor. The frontrunner is a man named Armin Laschet. He's now leader of Merkel's own party, the Christian Democratic Union, and he recently spoke to the FT. Here's Laschet saying that voters know the core competencies of the CDU, that the CDU can solve economic problems, that it can adopt climate policies that don't harm Germany's competitiveness. Lasha was speaking to our Berlin bureau chief, Guy Chazan, who joins me now to talk more about his interview. Guy, does Lasha have a point there about uh, voters' faith in the CDU? Yeah, I think so. I mean, essentially, the CDU's offer to voters has always been its economic competence. I mean, under Merkel, basically, Germany saw a 10-year uninterrupted economic boom, the longest in its post-war history. The SPD, the Social Democrats, are presenting a similar kind of argument. Their main candidate, Olaf Scholz, who's the current finance minister, emphasizes his enormous experience in government. He's got far more experience than any of the other candidates uh, who are running for chancellor. But that is very much uh, Laschet's pitch. Laschet is very much about safeguarding Germany's economic strength and not compromising that in the battle against climate change. Okay, so but how does Laschet hope to do that? It's not all negative. It's not all just about sort of, you know, putting a break on the Greens policies. It's also about innovation. He's basically sort of saying, you know, we'll only be able to achieve these climate goals if we invest heavily in innovation. And Laschet really hits on that point here. You can hear him saying precisely that here. He's saying that 20% of the jobs in Germany are in industry, in steel, chemical, auto industries, important economic sectors and key industries to Germany. And he wants them to still be there in 20 years. Um, And then he goes on to say it's possible to have a carbon neutral economy and German business is prepared to work to achieve this. The goal is to combine ecology and economy through innovations. So... Guy, not to abruptly switch gears, but I want to ask about Laschet's comments on China. It sounded like, based on the story that you wrote, he was pushing back on the Biden administration's approach to China. Can you talk more about what he said? 
Yes, I mean, I think essentially the US was pressing its allies to basically join it in this new contest between the liberal democracies and the autocracies of the world, chief among them China. And I think there's a lot of skepticism in Europe about that because countries like Germany see China as a systemic rival and a competitor, but they also see China as a partner on big issues like climate change. And they're very reluctant to be drawn into a new kind of cold war. They want to maintain, in a way, their neutrality in this in this new contest. Um, that's particularly the case with Germany. Merkel uh, really pursued a, a sort of even-handed policy in her years as chancellor, where she really tried to keep the channels of communication open with China and um, to raise issues such as human rights violations in in Xinjiang and Hong Kong and so on, but to do it more in a low-key way during sort of private conversations with with the Chinese leaders rather than um, going for it in public. So, Guy, before we go, what stood out most to you in your interview with Lashet? Well, I think with Lashet, it really struck me that he is the continuity candidate. To me, uh, it was very much steady as she goes, business as usual. These have been very successful policies for Germany over the last 16 years under Angela Merkel, and I will continue them. And that could be slightly problematic because polls show that a lot of people in Germany really want change now. They've had 16 years of Merkel and they want a kind of a new start. And I don't really think that Laschet kind of represents that. Um, so he's he's going to have a fight on his hands trying to convince German voters that he really is something fresh and new and not just uh, Merkel 2.0. Guy Jazan is the FT's Berlin bureau chief. Thank you, Guy. Thank you. In addition to his interview with the CDU's Armin Laschet, Guy also spoke to the Social Democrats' candidate for chancellor, Olaf Scholz. We will link to both articles in our show notes. And before we go, a word from China. Our correspondent there reports that more women are suing to be able to stay on the job. Court records show that over the past two years, women have sued their employers more than a thousand times for making them quit work at age 50, while women in management can stay until they're 55. China has the world's lowest retirement ages. Men, by the way, retire at 60. The rules were set decades ago when people didn't live that long but they'll be tough to change now. Beijing isn't just grappling with an aging population, it also has a youth unemployment problem. One government advisor told the FT that authorities don't want old people competing with young people for jobs that are still in short supply. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.